wherever you are, I want you to, I want you to open up your spirit, open up your heart. Yeah, the scripture says that where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is. And so I believe with scriptural evidence that the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Because if the Bible says when he, the spirit of truth comes, is it the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us. And so the Holy Spirit is in this place. The presence of the Lord is in this place. And so I want you to open up your spirit right now, wherever you are. We are before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the ends of the earth, the I am that I am, and the ancient of days, the God who created the universe, the God who created all things by the power of his word or by the word of his power. And so this morning I want you to open up your heart and begin to glorify the, the living God. Just within your heart, exalt him, exalt him. If you can open up your mouth to, to, to alter the words of glory, alter the words of adoration, that he is God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Heavenly Father, this morning, we give you all the praise and the glory. We magnify your holy name because you are good. And your love endures forevermore. This love, this love that you have poured out on us, it's beyond what our minds can comprehend. The Apostle Paul came to that revelation. In Romans he said, he said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, and neither angels nor demons, and neither the present nor future, nor any height nor death, or anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before the throne of grace. And the scripture says, is that since we are inheriting a kingdom, that cannot be shaken. Therefore, we should worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. As I also says, is that to whom shall we compare you to? Because from the beginnings of time, you are God. And as of now, you are still God. And you will be God tomorrow and forevermore. Your presence in this place. We acknowledge your presence in this place. Patient of days. Father of all spirits. To whom shall we compare it to? Daniel saw this glory. He said, I saw the thrones were set. And the ancient of days took his seat. He said, I saw thousands upon thousands. And ten thousands upon ten thousands attended before him. He said, I saw a river of fire flowing before him. And he brought judgment to the beast, Satan, that was speaking blasphemy. But he also said, he said, I saw someone like a son of man, whose kingdom, oh glory to God, was established forever and ever. This is the kingdom in which we now stand, the kingdom and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh Lord of heaven and earth. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your anointing in this place. Oh Lord, together with my listeners, together with my brothers and sisters, we worship you, great I am. We magnify your holy name. We speak the words of glory to your holy name. Ancient of days, be magnified in our lives. Oh, be glorified. We thank you for what you have done for us and our families. In the name of Jesus, it is not by might, it is not by power, but by your spirit of God. Oh, it is you who works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill your good purpose. 
be exalted in this place. Oh, this morning, Father, we have met, oh God, to fellowship with you. And John said, our fellowship is with the Lord Jesus as well, and with the Father, and with the brethren. Oh, he said, we speak these words so that our joy will be complete, oh God. Lord, let our joy be complete, because in your presence, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, there are eternal pleasures. Let the eternal pleasures of your presence, oh God, restore us into the image of the Son of God. Father, we thank you. We magnify you in this place. Great mighty Holy Spirit of God, take absolute control of the atmosphere. I present the heart and mind of everyone and the sound of my voice to you. You who knows the end from the beginning. You who knows what is in every man's heart. You who knows what will happen to us. You who knows, oh God. The Bible says you knew before the foundations of the earth. And you predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus our Lord. To the praise of your glory. In love, oh glory to God. So Father, we thank you. As we have come before you, oh God, sanctify our hearts. The Lord said, he said, Father, truly, Father, I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So, Father, let the truth of your word sanctify us this morning. That we may be truly sanctified, oh God. John said a person can only receive what they, what they have been given from above, oh glory to God. So, the friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for his voice. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. This morning, Father, we wait and listen for your voice. We wait and listen for the revelation of your word. That we may be filled to the measure of the fullness of you who fills all in all. Patient of days, King of glory, King of glory. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your presence in this place, your presence in this place, your glory in this place, your glory in this place. Fill our heart with joy. Open up our spirit, oh God, to receive the revelation of your word that we may come into, into your presence. In our joy, in our faith, oh God, because we have made to study the subject of faith. No man can I come to understanding of your word except by revelation, by revelation through Christ. So, Father, I thank you for your presence. I bless you and I honor your holy name. Speak to our hearts, Lord. I come against any unclean spirit, oh God, that stand against your purpose, that stand against your word. Bible says that Lord you do not send your word in vain but always comes to fulfill that which you desire and accomplish the purpose for which you sent it oh holy father let your word fulfill its purpose this morning so that we may come into understanding and in faith in the fullness and in the knowledge of the son of God be glorified in this place be exalted above all thank you holy spirit of God Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Set our hearts right. Set our minds right. That we can fellowship with you. That we can come into the deeper revelation and understanding of your word. That your purpose for us will be fulfilled to the praise of your glorious grace. The Lord and I present myself to you, O God. That this vessel that you have chosen and appointed to speak your mysteries. 
I cannot speak the word out of my own mind, out of my own understanding. The Apostle Paul said, he said, when I came to you, I did not come in human eloquence, but I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your hope may not rely on human wisdom, but on God's power. Oh Lord, no man can speak your word unless you enable them. Oh Father, speak your word this morning. And let the understanding of God be made known to your people. Oh, Heavenly Father, take absolute control of this vessel, oh God, and speak the words of eternal glory to your people. In the name of Jesus, I come against any principalities and powers, any voice that speaks blasphemy, any voice that stands against the true understanding and revelation of your word. I repeat you now in the name of Jesus. I command any voice of the flesh, any voice of the evil one to shut up now. In the name of Jesus, be glorified, be exalted above all. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Heavenly Father, we know that you are with us. Speak to us this morning. As we go deeper in the scriptures, as we examine your word, Lord, speak to our hearts. Transform our lives by the understanding that comes by your word, by the faith that comes by your word, and bring us into the deeper revelation of the subject of faith that we'll be able to live it every day in our lives. We thank you. That you have heard us. And as the word was spoken through John said, this is the confidence we have in approaching you. That if we ask anything according to your will, that you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, then we know that we have what we've asked of you. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your glory. And I thank you for your anointing and your power. And I thank you for your peace. This peace which surpasses knowledge. This peace which surpasses understanding. This peace that testifies as a sign of evidence of your word in us. Be glorified, Lord of heaven and earth. Be exalted above all. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. And so, welcome once again, uh, once again to this morning's uh, teachings. Uh, we're continuing the subject of faith. And, and I want to reiterate this. Uh, we're, we're tackling um, faith in God and its demonstration. And this comes under how to live in the purpose of God. It falls under how to live in the purpose of God. We, we, we said that in order for you to live in the purpose of God, there are three points, the three criteria that you have to meet, are three principles. The first is, it is a step of faith. And then the second point is, it's by gaining knowledge of God, gaining knowledge of God through the word. And then the third point is, entering the rest of God. If you want to be able to live in the purpose of God, these are the three points. So we're taking each of those points and we're examining the scriptures to understand how to walk in the light of the word of God. And so we, 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 we're still on the subject of faith, which is the first part of how to live in the purpose of God. And, and the title for this is Faith in God and its Demonstration. And throughout the previous teachings, we've, we've examined the scriptures uh, we've looked at what faith is, uh, where faith comes from, and then how to tell or how you can examine yourself to tell, uh, to, for, for you to know that you are actually building your faith. And we've also looked at the evidence of faith in us. You know, faith comes with evidence uh, according to the scripture that we've examined. 
And so by way of summarizing this, um, I, I, I want to take you back to uh, that theme scripture, which is Hebrews 11, the verse 1. And then I read from the New King James Version. He said, now faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we've examined the scriptures and we've studied this word in detail. And what we learned is that there are three words, key component, uh, key words in this definition of faith that brings out a true spiritual definition of faith. And what we said is that this definition is not the definition coming from the mind of Apostle Paul. This is revelation. This was the spirit of the Lord speaking through the Apostle Paul to the church. That faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the three points or the three key words that we, we see from this, from this definition, the first one is hope. The second one is a substance or the substance of the word of God. And the third one is evidence, evidence that cannot be seen. And we say that faith starts with hope. And we say that hope is good. Because the Apostle Paul also writes elsewhere that hope does not put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. And so faith starts with hope. But hope alone is not faith. If you stay in hope, you will not experience the glory of the Lord. Or the glory of the Lord may will be delayed in your life. And I believe the lack of understanding of the subject of faith, this is where a lot of Christians are living in hope. We're living in hope because we do not understand the definition of faith. We're living in hope because we think hope is faith. Hope is you anticipating that something will happen for you. And you're able to come to that hope because of the love of God in your heart. Because you believe in God. In Hebrews 11, the verse 6 says, and, and, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Because you believe that there is God and you have believed in his one and only son. That faith that brought you to salvation has given you hope for something more. And so the Apostle Paul writes in, 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 in Romans 1 and Romans 2, his, his first letter, uh, his letter to the church in Rome. He writes, he said, he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You see, salvation came by faith to everyone who believes. Because he said, in the gospel, the gospel is the word about Christ. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And righteousness, that is by faith. And that comes. That is by faith. And from faith to faith. Which means that the faith that brought to you salvation is not enough. There is more faith that you need because we, we, we need a lot of things in our lives. And the scripture tells us that the just shall live by faith, which means that everything that we do has to be by faith. There is no way in scripture that I've seen that the scripture says that the just shall live by hope. So which means that we're supposed to live by faith. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 tells us, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Here also, he's telling us, or the scripture is, 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 is telling us that when you begin to live according to what you see, according to the senses, it means that you're walking in unbelief. It means that you're not walking in faith. He said, the just shall live by faith. And he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Which means that in order for you to be able to come to the point of the fullness of faith, you have to move 
from examining things from the lens of what you see, from the lens of what you feel, and from the lens of what you, what you see, or from the lens of what you, what you experience in the natural sense. You have to examine things by the word of God. And what we're saying is that what, what, we, what we've discussed so far is that in order for us to come to that point, then we have to understand what this faith is. And the scripture says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so hope, faith starts with hope. When you are in anticipating of, anticipation of something, that is the beginning of your faith journey. But that is not all. It's that the substance of things hoped for, so which means that when you're hoping for something and you put a substance to it, and what is this substance? And what we said is that every substance has a source. That the source of faith, Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the substance you put to what you're hoping for is the word of God. And so when you are hoping for something and you put the substance of the word of God to it, you have fulfilled the first part of the definition of faith. You have fulfilled the first part of the definition of faith. But there is, there is a deeper revelation here that we looked at last week. That sometimes in the natural, we, we anticipate something, we hope for something. But it is not everything that we desire or what we hope for that aligns perfectly with the word of God. And so the question is, how can we tell that what we're desiring or what we're hoping for is in alignment with scripture? And I took a sidetrack and it said that because of the spirit of God in us, the, the, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The reason why he is the spirit of truth, because he brings us into the truth of the word of God. And because we have received the deposit of the spirit of Christ by believing in him. And so therefore we have the spirit of Christ in us. And by the spirit of Christ, we may come into the truth. We are able to come into the truth of the word of God. And because we're able to come into the truth of the word of God, because of his spirit that is at work in us. Romans 8 says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. And because you believe in Christ Jesus, you have his spirit in you. And by the spirit of Christ in you, you'll be able to come to the truth of the word of God. Because the spirit is the truth. Hallelujah. The spirit is is the truth and because the holy spirit is the truth so therefore when you are hoping for something and you find scripture and it aligns well the holy spirit who is the spirit of truth who lives in you the bible says when he the spirit of truth comes he will bring you to all the truth he will make known to you what is yet to come he will testify about the about jesus the spirit testifies to the word so if what you are hoping for is in alignment with the word of god the holy spirit will testify to it how does the holy spirit testify to it when you believe the word then you would have evidence of the word in alignment with what you're hoping for in your heart and that fulfills the second part of the definition of faith because it says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. You will have evidence of what you're hoping for in alignment with the word of God in your heart. And once you have that, then it means that now you have readiness of faith. And so evidence is a key part of the definition of faith. 
And so it is important for us to, it is important that we examine our heart to see whether we have the evidence of the word. The evidence, not the evidence of anything else. The evidence of the word of God in alignment with what you're hoping for in our heart. That is when you know that you have readiness of faith. And so we saw from scripture in Luke 24, Jesus, and by revelation, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus taught us by, by what he did with, with two disciples who were on their way to a village called Emmaus. The glory of the Lord was kept hidden, was, was kept away from the why because they did not have faith. But what did Jesus do? But scripture says, you read Luke 24, the scripture says, Jesus began to teach them the scriptures from Genesis throughout all the prophets concerning himself. Every word that is spoken in the scriptures is a word about Christ. Hallelujah. And so Jesus began to teach them the word, the written word. And the Bible says, as Jesus taught them, they got to a point where they had enough of the word and they came to the point of faith. How do we know? Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to see the glory of God. Because without belief, you can never see the glory of God. And Jesus resurrected in a glorified state. And so Jesus told them, he said, when they were talking about, about the Lord Jesus, Jesus said, did not the Messiah have to die and enter his glory? In Luke 24, did not the Messiah have to die and enter his glory? And because Jesus was in a glorified state and with unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. And so Jesus knew that the only way that their eyes would be opened for them to come to the point of revelation of seeing the manifestation of the glory that was before them was by teaching of the word of God. Why did Jesus have to teach them? Because Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the substance you put to what you're hoping for is the word. And the reason why that word is so important because it is the word that you believe. It is the word that you heard and believed that produces in you that evidence with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so the point that I'm trying to make is that well, as you read on, after they saw the glory, after they had come to the point of faith and they saw the glory of God, the Holy Spirit made, made these writers put in, 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 in the scriptures that he said, weren't our hearts burning within us as we as he opened our understanding to the scriptures and the revelation here is that whenever you whenever you're building your faith that there, there is a burning there is a burning within the heart and this is how you can tell this is how you can examine your heart to see that the evidence of the word is getting to your heart is that the word of god be, begins to let the word begins to turn in within you there is an understanding of the word that comes to you and so it is important to examine our heart to see whether the word is taking root in our heart. When the word is taking root in your heart, there is a conviction within you that comes. And that comes with understanding. And the Bible says, he said, weren't our heart burning within us as he opened our understanding to the scriptures. And when they came to the point of understanding the scriptures, the Bible says they stopped whatever they were doing and went back to Jerusalem. Why? Because now they had come to understanding that that was where they needed to wait for the Lord in order to see the manifestation of the glory. Because the Bible said the entrance of the word of God, Psalm 119 verse 130, the entrance of the word of God giveth light. 
So because they had come into the light of the word. The Bible says whoever walks in the light will not stumble. They had come into the light of the word. And so now they took the step that was required to bring the full glory to them. Because the glory that they saw was a temporary glory. When Jesus appeared to them, the Bible says he left. The glory left them. Why? Because they were not at the point where they needed to be in order to see the full glory. But when they examined your heart and saw that their heart, their heart, they had come to understanding of the word of God, they went back to where they needed to be to see the full glory. And the Bible says when they went back to Jerusalem, they reported what they had seen. And when they, all of them had gathered together and they had readiness of faith, Jesus appeared to them. Jesus the glory was revealed when they had come to the point of faith. Why did, I, why did I say this? Why am I making this point? The point here is that whenever you're feeding on the word of God, you have to examine your heart to see if the word is taking root in your heart. And whenever the word of God is taking root in your heart, there, there is an inner conviction. There is a burning within you. There is an understanding that comes to you. And by that understanding, you will know what to do. By that understanding through the word, you will know what to do in order to see the full glory. Why? Because whenever faith comes, faith has to be demonstrated. Faith has to be acted on. And that is the point that I'm coming to. When you've had the, when you have gotten to the point of evidence of the word of God in your heart, now you have to release that faith. That is how you demonstrate faith. Now you have to release that faith. But before that, there is a sign. What we also studied is that there is a sign of readiness of faith. And what we saw is that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And we gave several scriptural evidence because the scripture tells us that anything in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And so we looked at Philippians 4 the verse 6. As an evidence that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And what does Philippians 4, the verse 6 tells us? It says, do not worry about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And what we said is that why does God give us peace when we present our petition? Because with our faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. James said in James 1. And so God gives you the peace so that you would have readiness of faith. We also examine Ephesians 6 from the verse 10 to 17. When the apostle Paul was teaching the church in Ephesus about the armor of God, the armors of God, the whole point of the armors of God was so that the, the believers will come to the point of readiness of faith. And so the apostle Paul writes, is that put on the helmet, is that put on the belt of truth? And what is the belt of truth? John 17, verse 17, Jesus said, He said, Father, truly for them I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And so the truth is the word of God. Hallelujah. And so he said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. For your word is truth. And so the, the apostle Paul teaching the church in Ephesus to put on the belt of truth. And that truth is the word of God. So in essence, he said, secure yourself because a, a belt is used to secure our clothing in the natural sense. He was using the natural uh, things to explain the revelation that he had of the word. He said, secure yourself with the word of God, which is the truth. And now he said, 
Let the righteousness that you have acquired, the righteousness that you have obtained through Christ Jesus, protect your chest. Because it is written that although your body is subject to death because of sin, but the Spirit of God gives life because of righteousness. And because of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus, we have life. And so he said, your, your salvation with the righteousness brought us into salvation, the righteousness that saved us. And so he said, you have to have an intact salvation. You, your righteousness should be intact and you should also have the word. And the next step, or the next time, he said, now with your feet, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. After you have secured yourself with the word of God and your salvation is intact, he said, you will come to the point of readiness of faith. And that readiness of faith manifests by peace. That's why it is written that he said, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. How do we know that this peace is a sign of readiness of faith? You read the next verse, he says, and now take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of Satan. How can you extinguish the flaming arrows of Satan? By faith. And how does this faith come? By the word of God. And this word of God will produce peace in you because that peace is a sign that now you're ready to fight. And so without the peace born out of the word of God, you will not, there's no way for you to tell whether you have evidence of faith because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And we also examine Isaiah 53. That peace even preceded the word that brought us healing because healing comes by faith. This is why you examine throughout the scriptures. Most of the healings of the Lord Jesus, he said, go, your faith has made you well. Why? Because healing is manifested by faith. How do we know this? Isaiah 53, the verse 45. He says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was, he was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, you see, peace preceded the word that brought us healing. Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And so this is why he said, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And so peace preceded the word that brought us healing. Why? Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And healing comes by faith. Because this covenant, this new covenant, is a covenant of faith. You receive the inheritance by faith. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Since we've been justified by faith, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So that is also another sign. That peace, whenever you have readiness of faith, it manifests by peace. Whenever you have readiness of faith, it manifests by peace. And that is seen in Romans 5 verse 1 and 2. He said, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. There's so another evidence that we also examined was also Romans 5, verse, uh, Romans 8, verse 5 to 6. We're still talking about peace as a sign of evidence of faith. Because we said faith 
In order for you to tell that you have faith, there has to be an evidence of it. And that evidence resides in the heart. How do we know? Hebrews 11, verse 1, is said, Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what we're saying is that Romans 10, 17, that this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what we're saying is that when you have heard the word of God and you have believed the word of God, the word should produce evidence in you for you to know that you have readiness of faith. And how can you tell that you have evidence of the word of God in you? And what we're saying is that it starts by examining your heart. And this is what we see in Luke 24, that when the two disciples who had who had lost the glory to disciples whom the glory of the Lord was kept hidden from them because of their unbelief. Jesus taught them the word. And after that, they have been taught the word. Now they had come to the point of faith. And the Bible says at the table, their eyes were open and they saw the glory. But the point that I want you to, I want you to get here is that when you read on, the Bible says after the, the glory left, Jesus disappeared immediately. The Bible says they examined your heart and they began to say to each other, were not our hearts burning within us as you open our understanding to the scripture? So this is how you can examine yourself as the word of God comes to you. Examine your heart to see whether the word is burning in your heart. Whether the word is producing a conviction in your heart. Whether the word is producing an understanding in you. And whenever the word of God brings an understanding and a revelation in your heart, glory to God. The Bible says that two disciples stopped whatever they were doing in the village of Emmaus and went back to Jerusalem. Why? Because now they have come to the light. Because the entrance of the word of God give it light. Psalm 190 verse 130. Because they had come to the point of the light of the word, they knew what to do in order to see the full glory. So they left whatever they were doing and went back to Jerusalem. Because that is where they needed to be in order to see the full glory. And lo and behold, when they went back to Jerusalem and all the people, all the disciples had gathered, the Lord appeared and said, peace be with you. Why? Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Because that faith that will bring that glory comes or manifests by peace. This is why you examine throughout scripture. Wherever Jesus went, he said, peace be with you. Why? Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. When you do not have the peace born out of the word of God, you will not get readiness of faith to see the glory of the Lord. And I believe and I'm fully convinced with evidence in scripture and by evidence of the demonstration of the word that the Lord has taught me. That I have seen in the lives of not just in my life but in the lives of people is that whenever whenever the word of God has come to you in its full glory and you have the evidence of the word of God in you there is a light that there is an instant understanding all of a sudden you know what to do all of a sudden that you are not if you're going through a situation that is hard all of a sudden it's as if that problem does not exist why because that peace is born out of a word when that peace come glory to god a lot of us experience this peace but we do not know that that is a sign of readiness of faith oh glory to god and when you have experienced this peace the spirit of the lord said hold on to that peace because what we read in ephesians for uh, in philippians 4 verse 6 is that and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind why he guards your heart and your mind with the peace so that you will have readiness of faith to receive the glory readiness of faith to see the glory readiness of faith to receive that breakthrough because without a peace born out of the word you may drift back into unbelief the bible says without belief you can never see the glory of god and i believe and it is proven by scripture a lot of christians the blessings of god is right next to us the glory of the lord is right next to us but because of our unbelief the spirit of the lord has kept us 
from recognizing that glory. And many stand and pray, thinking that prayer will bring them to the point of faith. Faith does not come by prayer. Faith comes only by the word of God. Hallelujah. And so the more you feed on the word, then the more you get the evidence of the word. If you believe the word, you will see that the word, your heart is turning within you. You see that there's an understanding that comes to you. You begin to see that you know what to do. You begin to walk in the light. Glory to God. And whenever the word comes to you by revelation and understanding, it produces peace in you. You begin to see that if there was anxiety, if there was fear, that fear is dissipated. Because the scripture says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love. Oh, glory to God. And so the word of God brings the peace. And that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. When you have that peace, you have fulfilled the fullness of the definition of faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so faith starts with hope. But hope is not faith. And later on, as we, as we go through uh, uh, how to demonstrate faith, I'm going to tackle faith and hope. How to distinguish between faith and hope. And how to transition from hope to faith. There are several scriptural examples. And by revelation made known to me by the Spirit, we would examine the scriptures on how to transition from hope to faith. I believe. And I'm fully convinced of it. And I've said it several times. The most common thing you find among Christians is hope. Not that hope is not good. Hope is good. Faith starts with hope. Because the scripture says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is you anticipating that something good will happen for you. But hope is not faith. But how you can transition, and I want to give you this point, and we'll move on and we'll examine the scriptures further when we get to that, that, that stage. How to transition from hope to faith is that you align what you're hoping for with the word of God. Find the scriptures. They align with what you're hoping for. Believe the word. When you believe the word, you see that you transition from hope to faith. But the question is, how can you tell that when you have believed the word, you have evidence? Because the definition of faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence. And so in order for you to tell that you have faith, you would have evidence. In order for you to tell that you have faith, you would have evidence in your heart. And that evidence manifests by peace. And that is what we're talking about. And so I've given several scriptural examples that testify that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Because the scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And I'll give you two more. It says in, in, in Romans 15 verse 12 to 13. This was, this was uh, uh, the, the Apostle Paul speaking this revelation to the church in Rome. He says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. You see, it started with hope. In him the Gentiles shall hope. When you come to believe in him, you have hope of something good happening to you. Let's move on to what the scripture says. He said, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You see, the moment you believe the word of God, the word manifests by peace in you as a sign of readiness of faith. So you transition from hope to faith. Because what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith starts with hope. He said, in, in believing, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. 
until you believe the word of God, you do not transition from hope to faith. And so there are people who know the word. They're able to, they, they, they're anticipating something. They're hoping that God does something for you, for them. And they know the word. But they never meditate on the word to believe the word. They never believe the word of God. And so they stay in hope. And how you can tell whether somebody is, 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 is staying in hope, listen to their language. I hope God does this for me. I hope this happens. God will do it. But you examine the New Testament, you examine scripture, that is not square with scripture. What does the scripture tell us? 2 Peter 1 verse 3. It says, His divine power has given, not going to, has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. You can only come to the point of faith through knowledge. And how does this knowledge come? Through the word. Why? Because Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so until you have come to adequate revelation knowledge of the word, you will not be able to come to the point of knowing that God has given to you everything that pertains to life. And so there are Christians who are looking forward for God to do something for them. While God is only tell, is, is waiting for them to receive what he has already given to them. Another evidence is what we see in Ephesians 1. The Apostle Paul speaking that same revelation. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, is it not going to bless us, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings in Christ. And we're going to examine this deeper. Why does the scripture say that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ? Because God is a spirit. And all the good things that he has established for his children are established in the spirit. But we live in the natural. These are two different realms. We live in the natural. God, who is a spirit, has given birth to us who live in the natural. And so the Bible says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. This is why the spirit was given to us because we have been given birth by the father of all spirits so his spirit is at work in us and so by the spirit we will be able glory to god to translate whatever has been established for us in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural this is why john 1 verse 3 tells us that there was nothing that was made without the word of god have you ever thought about that there was nothing that was made without the word of God. And Christians are sitting down waiting for something to happen without knowledge of the word. This is why the scripture says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Christians are trying to fight situations in their lives without the word of God. Jesus fought the devil with the word. Matthew 4, it is evident and it's clear. Jesus never spoke his own word. He said, it is written. It is written. Whatever was thrown at him, at him, it is written. Why? Because it is by the word that you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of Satan. This is what we see in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 6, by the revelation spoken through the Apostle Paul. He said, put on the belt of truth, which is the word. Because John 17 tells us, this Jesus said, he said, truly for them, I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. How necessary and how important it is. To believe, to know, and believe the word of God. And so when you come to the point of, of readiness of faith, by believing the word, you would have evidence of peace in you. 
that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And, 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 I, and I went back to, 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 to describe these things or, or to further explain these things so that we can come to alignment because we're, we're entering into a very deeper zone of the word. And I, and I don't want you to, uh, I want you to understand and follow me uh, in what, 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 what we're studying here because this is very important. Once you're able to come to the point of understanding this, you begin to realize that all things are possible. This is why Jesus said all things are possible to the one who believes. Why? Because all things are established in reference to whatever is happening here on earth all things are established in the spirit this is why a revelation can come by the revelation of the spirit of things to come this is what jesus said this is what the revelation that jesus said when he the holy spirit comes he will make known to you what is yet to come how is the Holy Spirit able to make known to us something that we haven't yet experienced in the natural? Because the things of the Spirit are already established. Anything that pertains to this life is already established in the Spirit. But God, through His wisdom, this is what Jesus said in Luke 10. He said, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Blessed are the ears that hear what you hear. For prophets of old wanted to see what you see and hear what you hear, but they did not. He said, Father... Praise be to your holy name, that which you have hidden from the wise and the learned. You have made it known to these little children. These revelations of the things have been made known to us who have believed. You cannot come to the point of revelation understanding the things of the Spirit. You cannot come to the point of revelation of even understanding the things that are going on in your life without knowledge of the Word of God. And I believe in the Word. And so we see that a lot of Christians are walking in ignorance. And we speak, and my, myself included in the past, we speak of hope, hope, hope. Hope is something common you find among Christians. I hope God does this. No wonder there is a lot of failure. But what is the language of faith? Mark 11 verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you shall ask for in prayer, Believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. How can you believe that you have something before it shows up? <clears throat> Why? Because it is a language of faith. Faith is not going to be. This is what the definition starts with. Now faith is. It's present tense. Faith is present tense. Now faith is. Faith is that you have it. Not you're going to have it. Why? How can you tell that you have it when you have a solid foundation and faith or, or belief in the word of God? You would have evidence. You see, this is why he said, whatever you shall ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. He said, believe that you have received it is believe that you have evidence of it. How can you believe that you have received it? You can only believe that you have something when you have evidence of it. And in, a, in science, we talk about evidence, evidence-based medicine. That's what they talk about. The same way, the way you can tell, how you can tell that you have readiness of faith, how you can tell that you have it is because you have evidence of it. And where does this, how can you know that you have evidence of it? We see that the evidence comes by believing the word. The Holy Spirit manifests glory to God because he testified to the word. Manifest the word and your hope. Your hope 
what you're hoping for in alignment with the word in your heart. And you have that evidence. And when you have that evidence, you have peace. Why, do you, why does this thing manifest by peace? Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Peace is the evidence that now you're ready to release your faith. The fact that you have that peace doesn't mean that the thing will automatically happen. You have to release that faith. And that is, that is what we're going to, uh, we're going to examine deeply uh, this morning. How to release your faith. How to demonstrate faith. And after that, we're going to look at applications of faith. How to apply faith in different aspects of your life. In your career, uh, in, your, in your faith walk in Christ Jesus, your salvation, uh, in healing. Faith in every situation in our lives. Why am I talking about this faith? Because the scripture says, the just shall live by faith. Is why I believe one of the foundations, the foundational teachings that every believer should hear is faith. To understand what faith is, understand where faith comes from, understand how to tell that they have faith, understand when they are building faith. And when you're building faith, what we said is that there, there, there is a light, there's an understanding of the word that comes to you. That it starts with an inward burning, an inward conviction. And there is an understanding that comes to you. And when that understanding comes, all of a sudden, you know what to do. You know what to do. Why do, you, why, why, does, why do you know what to do? Because whenever the word of God comes, because faith without works is dead. And so when you have received the revelation of the word, when the understanding of the word has been made known to you and is manifested by peace, now you have to release that faith. Because faith without works is dead. And so now that brings us into how to demonstrate faith. And last week we, we, we touched on it. And what we said is that faith is demonstrated two ways. Either by speaking the word of God or by acting on the word of God. All of them is action. All of them is acting in faith. You release your faith in order for you to see the manifestation of the glory of God in your life. You have to release that faith. Either by speaking the word of God or by on the word of God. And we're going to take each one of them. But before I do that, there is a process flow that I, I discussed last week and I want to touch on it for, for, for the sake of refreshing our memory. And so this is the process flow, flow if you want to build faith. As you feed and meditate on the word of God, the word will produce evidence in your heart. And the word is only produced. The Holy Spirit manifests the word as evidence in your heart when you believe the word. And the result is peace in you. But that peace doesn't mean when it is, when it is something that you're, you're, you're asking for in prayer. And then that, this is where the application of faith comes in. Faith, there is faith in prayer. There is faith in healing. There is faith in salvation. Everything in this new covenant is by faith. The just shall live by faith. For we walk by faith. And so when it is faith in prayer, when you pray, you receive peace. This is why Philippians 4, the verse says that do not worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Why? It gives you the peace because not everything manifests instantly. But when you have readiness of faith which manifests by peace, you will know that you have it. This is what Mark eleven twenty four tells us. That whatever you shall ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. That is faith in prayer. Hallelujah. But there's also faith in healing. 
And that is what we see in Isaiah 53. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds. And on top of that, by his wounds, we are healed. So peace preceded the word that brought us healing. Why? Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Healing comes by faith. So you can examine through our scripture. Faith healed so many people. Jesus, when he healed people, he said, go, your faith has made you well. Peter, healing the lame man at the temple gate called beautiful and people crowded him. He said, it is not by my own godliness or righteousness that this man whom you know was lame is now well. He said, it is by faith that comes through the name of Jesus. Healing comes by faith. And so we examine through our scripture, all the evidence that I've given you. Faith comes by Faith manifests by peace. Even in John 14, verse 20, even the receiving of the Holy Spirit, even the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes by faith. You hear the word of God. You believe the word of God. The word manifests by peace. Then there's a manifestation of the Spirit. Then you begin to speak in other tongues. Where there's an evidence we see. In John 14, verse 27, the Bible says, when Jesus was teaching the disciples about the Holy Spirit, and they seemed confused, and the Lord said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. You see? Because faith is a substance of the heart. Faith resides in the heart. So he said, don't let your heart be troubled. And don't be afraid. He said, one of the things that you can tell, one of the ways that you can tell that your faith is not ready yet is that there is always fear. Whenever fear begins to set in, that fear brings doubt. And that is what we saw in, 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 in the scriptures, when, when Peter got Jesus, told Peter to walk on the water, he took his eye of Christ. Christ is the living word. So this scriptures reveals the living word, who is Christ Jesus. The written word reveals the living word. And, so when, and when Peter took his eye off Jesus, the word, the Bible says he began to, when he saw the waves. You see, now Peter transitioned from faith to unbelief. How did this unbelief come? By living according to what he saw. He began to, the Bible says, when he saw the waves, he feared. Fear set in his heart and doubt set in and he began to sink. And I believe sometimes the glory of the Lord, we, we, a lot of Christians lose the manifestation of the glory of God. We lose our healing. We lose a lot of things God gives us that we have received by faith because we do not hold on to the word. And now begin to examine the glory that we're experiencing in the lens of what we see. This is why 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Whenever you walk by what you see, what you're seeing in the natural, it will bring fear. Because what we see in the natural is not sometimes the full manifestation of the word of God. But we're supposed to depend on the word because the just shall live by faith. When you live by the natural, when you live by what you feel, by what you see, you're walking in unbelief. And lo and behold, the glory will begin to lose. You will lose the glory. You will lose the glory. Jesus was right next to Peter, but he began to sink. And what did the Lord say? He said, why did you doubt? And how did that doubt come in? Because he took his eye off the living word. He took his eye off the word of God. He took his focus on the, uh, uh, off the word of God and began to examine things in the natural. 
This is why we're supposed to depend on the word. This is why someone says, Blessed are they that meditate on the word. For they shall be like a tree planted by streams of water that bear fruit in season. Their leaves do not wither. And whatever they do prosper. Why? Because there was nothing that was made without the word. If you live by the word, you will see a full, you see manifestations of the glory of God in your life like never before. Why? Because there was nothing that was made without the word of God. Because the word is the source of faith. When you live by the word, you live by faith. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so this word will manifest by peace. So that peace in you is a sign of readiness of faith. And when you have that peace, born out of the gospel of the Lord Jesus, born out of the word of God, then it means that now you're ready to exercise your faith. Now you're ready to exercise your faith. And so which means that that peace in itself is not enough. When it's peace that you have gained, and this is when we come to application of faith, we will examine this in detail. When it's peace that you have gained through prayer, prayer in faith, you will see that that, that word, you don't have to do anything else. That word will be fulfilled. Why? Because it is faith in prayer. And what is faith in prayer? Ephesians 6, we read from the verse 14 going. is that put on the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And now pray in the spirit, you see. So in order for you to pray, in order for you to pray in faith, you pray in accordance with the word of God. This is why John, first John tells us, is that this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, that is prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, that he hears us. That is, if we ask in accordance with the word of God, then, then we know that we have, you see, not going to have. Why? Because when we ask in faith, because we are asking in accordance with the word of God, we would have evidence in us. And because of the evidence of the word in alignment with what we're hoping for, that we're asking in prayer, we would have what we've asked of him. Said so this is the confidence. That we have what we pass of him. And so you look at the NIV definition of faith, it says Hebrews 11, the verse 1 said, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Assurance. How can you come to the point of confidence? The confidence comes from the word of God. And you can come to that point of assurance when you have evidence of the word in you. But this evidence you can't see it. Because it resides in the heart. Faith is of the heart. How do we know? Romans 10 verse 8 to 10. He said, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You examine salvation came by faith. And because salvation came by faith, that salvation faith, when you heard the word about Christ, you believe the word until you profess the word, you are not saved. Because the Bible says it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Why? Because when you have believed and you have evidence of the word in you, you have readiness of faith. But that faith does not manifest until it is acted on. And how do you release that faith? Well, this is what we're saying. By either speaking the word of God, by acting on the word. This is why when people are led to salvation, they say, repeat after me. Father, I thank you, and you repeat the word of faith. Why? Because when you speak, 
you're translating what has already been established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. And now we're transitioning to how to demonstrate faith. As we said, two ways. One, by speaking the word of God and by acting on the word of God. And we said, faith that is demonstrated by speaking the word of God are things that have already been established through Christ. Or things that have already been fulfilled through Christ. So it is not everything in life that you can just speak and it manifests. There are some of the things you have to act on. Because faith without works is dead. But if the word is already being fulfilled through Christ Jesus, the word has already been acted on by Christ. Glory to God. And so therefore, when you believe the word and speak the word, you are actually acting on the word. Because the word has already been fulfilled. And so if the word has already been fulfilled through Christ, all you need is hear the word or know the word, believe the word, have readiness of faith and speak. Speak the word. And when you speak the word, the word manifests. And what we said is that there are two examples of these. That's what the Spirit of the Lord has made known to me. Salvation and healing are two fulfilled words of God. And I took a sidetrack to explain this because this is a revelation that came to me. There are three forms of God's word. We know, we know that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. But there are, the revelation that came to me is this. There are three forms of God's word. There is the spoken word of God. There is the specific word of God. And there is the fulfilled word of God. So you can examine scripture. This, this written word is full of the revelation of the spoken word, the specific word, and the fulfilled word of God. And what does this mean? This is the, 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 the definition of the Spirit of the Lord made known to me. The spoken word of God is the translation of what God has established in the spirit into, full, into manifestation in the natural. The translation, the spoken word, is the translation of what God has been what God has established in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. And I'll come to that. And the specific word of God is the set of instructions and actions. The set of instructions and actions required to bring into full manifestation the spoken word. And when the word which has been spoken and the word which would be spoken and acted on is, for, is manifested in its fullness and functionality, you get what we call the fulfilled word of God. So you can examine through our scripture. Is either the word is being spoken as a prophetic word which is not being fulfilled, or the word is a specific set of instructions and actions that you are required to act on to bring that spoken word into full manifestation. And so you see that there is a lot of spoken word in the old covenant. There is a lot of prophetic words in the old covenant because the old covenant was given as what? As what, uh, what they call a shadow of what was to come. So the word was spoken. God spoke that which we wanted to do. And what is the right word? I'm looking for the right word. And piloted it in the old covenant of what was to come. And so you read scripture. The, the apostle Paul, even by revelation, spoke the same thing. He said, and Moses served as a faithful servant in God's house, bearing witness of what would be spoken in the future. 
And so that the old covenant is full of the spoken word. This is why the prophets, the words of the prophets are in the old covenant. The prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, prophet Ezekiel. Why? Because these are the spoken words of God. David is even regarded as a prophet of God. These are the spoken words of God. The spoken word is God speaking what he has already established in the spirit into manifestation or into existence in the natural. Because we're, we're living, these are two different realms. God is a, is a spirit. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of the spirit. And so when the people came to Jesus and said, when should we expect to see the kingdom of God? Is that the kingdom of God is not something that you can see or somebody would tell you, here it is or there it is. Is that even now the kingdom of God is in your midst because God is a spirit. He told the Samaritan woman in John 4 that God is a spirit. Therefore, his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And that truth is the word. The spirit is the truth. The spirit testifies to the word. And so, the, the Word of God, the Word of God is the foundation of our faith. And that Word is either spoken, is either it is a specific set of instructions and actions required to act on, or the Word is being fulfilled. And what we're saying is that in order to be able to demonstrate faith by speaking the Word of God, the Word has to be fulfilled. And the only way that you can demonstrate faith through speaking the word of God, is when the word has already been fulfilled through Christ. And what has been fulfilled through Christ? Salvation is already been fulfilled. Healing is already been fulfilled. Isaiah 53 that we read. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. You go through Matthew 8. The Bible says when Jesus went into Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was down with a fever. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever. And immediately the fever left her. In the evening, they brought all the sick people and the Lord healed all of them. And those filled with impure spirit, he drove out the spirit with the word. The scripture says this was to fulfill. Glory to God. This was to fulfill what was spoken. See, the word had already been spoken through the prophet Isaiah in, 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 in the old covenant. And the word was fulfilled through Christ. So healing is a fulfilled word of God. Salvation is fulfilled word of God. All fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. Jesus demonstrated what he was, was to be fulfilled on the cross of Calvary by his actions when he ministered to the people. And so if the word is being fulfilled, all you need is faith and proclamation. To release that word of faith for its full manifestation. Example is salvation. This is why when somebody comes, the, the salvation came by faith. The Bible says it is by faith that we have been saved. But it is by grace we have been saved through faith. Salvation came by faith. And how did salvation come? Romans 10 verse 8 to 10 that we read. Is that it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You read, you read before, uh, it tells you, you said... He said, but, but the righteousness that is by faith, what does it say? He said, the word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth. Why? Because he said, this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. And that faith that he was talking about is faith for salvation. That faith for salvation because it was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. All you need is hear the word, believe the word, and speak the word. Because the word is already being fulfilled. Another example 
is healing. So you see that healing in an old covenant is different from healing in a new covenant. Is that in the old covenant, they always went to the prophet. Because in the old covenant, God had already spoken his word. That I'll heal you of your disease. That was the spoken word. But in order for them to receive the fullness of the word in the natural, in their body, they went to the prophet. What did the prophet do? Always give them a specific set of instructions. And so when Naaman went to Elijah, he's Elijah, he said, go and wash yourself. That was a specific instruction. And when Naaman acted on the word, you see, the word was fulfilled. He was healed. Why? Because healing in the old covenant was not a fulfilled word of God. Healing in the old covenant was a spoken word. And so they needed a specific word or set of instructions to act on in order for the word to be fulfilled. But in the new covenant, healing is fulfilled. So this is why when the apostles, when they went out preaching, they healed the sick. They never, there's nowhere in the New Testament that I've seen that some G or any of the apostles told anyone to go wash themselves in a river to be healed. Why? Because healing in the new covenant was fulfilled through Christ. And whenever a word is being fulfilled through Christ, all you need is to hear the word, believe the word, have that readiness of faith, and speak the word. And so you read Acts 19. The Bible says when the apostle Paul was preaching, he saw that a crippled man had faith to be healed. He discerned that the man had faith to be healed. Why? Because he was hearing the word of, of faith, the word about healing. When he heard the word, the apostle Paul said, come on, get up. And the man got up and was healed. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The man did not have to go wash himself. He didn't have to do anything. All he needed to do was that word of faith that was released. This is what Peter told the layman at the temple gate called beautiful. He said, silver or gold, I do not have. What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. And he held the man up. He did not tell him to go wash himself or do anything else. Just get up and walk. Why? Because faith, the word, healing, is being fulfilled through Christ. And because it is being fulfilled through Christ. So when you read Acts 3, Peter began to explain to the people. You read on, he began to explain to them. It is faith that comes through the name of Jesus that has completely healed this man. Because healing in the new covenant is a fulfilled word. And I am baffled. When this revelation came to me, when this understanding came to me, the question I began to ask is this. Why is it that salvation and healing are both fulfilled words of God, both fulfilled on the cross of Calvary? Why is it that the same people who were able to receive salvation by faith cannot receive healing? Have you ever asked yourself why there are many people sick in the church? And some people think, oh, if it's the will of God, the person will be, will be healed. Can you say the same thing about, uh, about, about salvation? If it's the will of God, the person will be saved. We don't say that. Why don't we say that? Because we know that John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that who, whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This John 1 verse 2 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God until they hear the word and believe the word and profess the word, they will not be saved. If salvation and healing are both fulfilled words of God, then salvation and healing have to be demonstrated the same way by hearing the word, by speaking the word, and the word would manifest.
But what we do see is that in the churches, you never hear the word about healing. They preach salvation, but you never hear about healing. Why? Because people have not come to adequate revelation that these are fulfilled words of God and the same way you receive salvation is the same way you receive healing. And I don't know anyone that I've prayed with that I told the person to go wash themselves seven times. And even before, before I came to this revelation, sometimes when I'm praying with people, I say, oh, get water. But that, it's not the water that healed them. But after I came to the point of understanding this revelation, I stopped that. Because I thought, oh, when I pray on the water, the anointing, and then the, the anointing can be released through substances. Um, the Bible says when Jesus, when somebody's anointed to heal Jesus, the Bible says they sought to touch him. The woman who had bleeding for twelve, they touched the hem of his garment because the anointing, anyone who's been anointed to heal, when they, when they are full of the Spirit, you touch them by faith. That one even comes by faith. You touch them, you may be healed. So the healing can come through an anointing. But the healing that comes through the Word of God, glory to God, healing that comes by faith through the Word, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is hear the Word, speak the Word. And so when I'm praying with people, they may not even be close to me. I prayed with people in Germany. Having what? Pain. Arthritis. Severe arthritis. For many years. I prayed with people in Italy. Having pain. Tummy upset. Many years. Spoke the word. Over the phone. Instantly they were healed. Why? Because the word has been fulfilled. Healing is a fulfilled word of God. So all they have to do is believe the word. And you release the word of faith by speaking the word of God. This is why we said that faith is demonstrated one way by speaking the word. And the word that can be demonstrated by speaking is the word which is being fulfilled through Christ. And as we go on, we, we're going to examine step by step. We examine each aspect of our lives. We're going to take practical examples of the application of faith. We will take salvation. And examine it. We take healing and examine it. We take finances and examine it. And the Lord of God has been so good that He's demonstrated some of these things, not in, just in my life, but in the lives of the people around me, to prove. Because the Bible says God fulfilled His word. He confirmed His word through the signs and wonders that followed the ministry of the apostle. So the apostle Paul says, He said, This salvation that we heard, this message, this gospel, was first announced by the Lord and confirmed to us by those who heard him. He said, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Spirit distributed according to his will. Hebrews 2. And so these, the word of God, God always testifies to his word. This is why Jesus said, not, not even a single letter out of this world will not be fulfilled. As long as heaven and earth remains, the word of God will be fulfilled. So if the word is already being fulfilled, all you need is believe and speak it into your life and you receive the benefit of it. And so this is why Jesus died for the whole world. But not everyone is saved. Why, why, and if Jesus died for the whole world, why, is not every, why, why aren't everyone saved? Because it's either they heard the word and they did not believe the word. Or they have not heard the word. And it's the same thing that is happening in the church regarding healing. It's either people have not heard the word about healing or they have heard the word, but they do not believe the word. And so a lot of people live by hope, 
Because they know from scripture that God is a healer. But they don't know how God heals. You see, they don't know how God heals. So I hope that God heals me. I hope that God heals me. That is not faith. That is hope. And we're going to examine scripture as we, as we go on to see how to transition from that hope to faith. There's a typical example, a revelation that was made known to me by the Spirit in, in Romans 4 that we examine. And so first, faith is released by speaking the word of God. And the word of God that can be released by speaking, uh, faith that can be demonstrated by speaking is a word that has been fulfilled through Christ. Hallelujah. And so, a typical example is what we, we talked about in, in Romans 10 verse 8 to 10. He said, this righteousness that is by faith, what does it say? He said, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Now, if you declare, you see, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So this is also evidence that faith is of the heart. Faith is not of the mind. And I have experienced situations where I was praying for somebody in faith by the word of God, but my mind was telling me something different. It happens because we, we contact this world with the mind. This is why God is not a mind. God is a spirit. And so Proverbs 4, the verse 20 tells us that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What does a candle do? A candle brings light. And so God enlightens us through our spirit. So this is why faith is of, of the spirit. Faith is a substance of the spirit. Faith is in our heart. It's not in the mind. Because I have experienced situations where I'm praying in faith. I know the word will be fulfilled. But then I will hear this voice. I don't know whether it's the voice of the flesh or the voice of the Satan. It is definitely the voice of Satan. Saying that you deceive the person. The person will not be healed. These are voices. And then I pray. I still release the word of faith because I know the word in my heart. And lo and behold, instantly the person is healed. And I've given an example about somebody that was uh, that came to know the Lord, came to know the Lord, and people led her to salvation. But this person had a condition, had a condition. But the people who led this person to salvation probably didn't know, or maybe the person did not tell them that they had that sickness, or they didn't know that that word that brought salvation, the same word that brought healing. And so the person called me excited about this new walk in Christ that she had, this new joy that, that she had. And then as I spoke to her and I said, how is it? You know, I, I was excited to hear the new joy that she had. And I said, how was your life? Your life before Christ and life after, after Christ. He said, oh, there's this peace, there's this joy. Why? This is what Romans 5 talk, it tells us. He said, since we've been justified by faith, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. Hallelujah. The Bible says, out of his fullness, John 1, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth. So by the grace of God, she's coming to this inheritance. She's coming to this love. But the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 1, that this gospel, the gospel of God also comes with healing. He said, I preach the gospel because it is it's, it's the gospel that brings salvation to everyone who believes. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness that is by faith and from faith to faith. Just as it is written, that the just shall live by faith. So that faith that you receive that brought you to salvation, 
Should you should know that there is more faith. This is why we continue to feed the word of God. This is what Jesus said in John 8:32 to the Jews who had believed in Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is not the believing that set you free, it is the truth that set you free. And what is the truth? John 17, verse 17, Jesus said, Father, truly for them I sanctify myself. Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So it is the truth of God's word that sets you free. This person had believed and had professed the word of faith and she was saved and she had the joy, the evidence of peace in her that came from that faith that brought her salvation, the word of God. And so as I talked to her, she said, but not everything is resolved. I mean, you know, I am suffering from this condition. And I was like, really? The people who led you to salvation, they didn't tell you that the same word that brought salvation is the same word that brought you healing. And I asked her, this is why I began to give her the word of God. It is not my words that heals. It is the word of God that heals. The word is a healer. And so I began to tell her what was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And after that, I prayed away. And lo and behold, instantly healed. The sickness left her body. Why? Because it is a fulfilled word of God. It is a fulfilled word of God over the phone. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the way that you release that faith, if the word has been fulfilled, is by speaking. This is why he says, it is with your, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. You have to speak the word in order to release it. But the word that you speak, that manifests in its fullness and functionality is the word which has been fulfilled through Christ. And the Bible says Jesus redeemed us. What Jesus fulfilled. Redeemed us from the curse of the law, which is spiritual death. And that spiritual death brought what? Sicknesses and poverty. So which means that poverty can be eliminated by faith. But then we'll come to how to apply these things in our lives. It's the word of God is just, it's amazing. It's amazing. If believers would only study the word. And walk in the light. The scripture says whoever walks in the light will not stumble. And now, even as I spoke this word, there's an understanding that has come to me even concerning my own life. There are certain things that I've been praying, waiting on the Lord to do. I have faith. But then, when the light of God, I had some hope that God is going to do something. But when the light comes, automatically you know what to do. Because the, the entrance of the word of God give it light. Hallelujah. And when that light comes and you walk in that light, you will see the full manifestation of the glory of God. And so the Apostle Paul also writes elsewhere in 2 Corinthians 4, the verse 13. There's also another evidence. This was a, a prophecy that was spoken through David in, in the Psalms. It says, since it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith. You see? Since we have what? The same spirit of faith. Faith is the substance of the spirit. Confirmed here. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Powerful scripture. Powerful revelation of how to demonstrate faith. By speaking the word of God that you have believed. 
And so the question is, some will say, but I've been speaking the word, but I'm not seeing signs. Because you don't believe in the word. See, committing the word of God into memory is not you believing the word. This is why we started with the definition of faith. Because I believe this is what is deceiving a lot of Christians. They think that by just knowing the scriptural verse and by just speaking the scriptural verse, it means you have faith. No. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of the heart. You can have, you can know the word of God in your mind. You go to have a school of theology. There are people, there are even Muslims who are studying scripture. They know the word by, by knowledge in their minds. But the word is not in them. They have no faith. So when they teach people the word of God, does it mean that they are demonstrating faith? No. This is why theological school does not bring you into revelation of the word of God. This is why 1 John 2, 27 says, As for you, the anointing you have received teaches you about all things. And as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Revelation comes only by the Spirit of God. This is why the Spirit, one of the reasons why the Spirit was given to us. Because the Spirit is the truth. The Spirit is the truth because he testifies to the Word of God, which is the truth. This is why it is so important. For us not to quench the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Spirit of God that brings us into revelation of the Word. Brings us into understanding of the Word. And manifests the Word in our hearts. That manifests by peace. But you can only come to the point of that readiness of faith. And release the Word of faith by speaking when you have believed the Word. We're going to examine scripture. And I believe. This is one of the areas where most of us are deceived. But we think that because we have just read the word of God. This is why the scripture keeps the source of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It keeps us in a, in a continuous tense. Why? Because if I feed on the word of God once and I come to the point of readiness of faith and I'm able to speak or demonstrate faith and I see the glory of God, it doesn't mean that everyone would do it once and get that same result. If it comes by hearing and hearing. Why? Because we've been fed so much unbelief from the world. Because we live so much in the natural. Sometimes we need to feed on the word of God enough. This is why Romans 12 verse 2 he said, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds have to be renewed with the word of God. Why? Because it is out of the mind that the heart receives. When your mind is renewed with the word, and as you feed on the word enough, you see the word begin to transition into your heart. And once you have the word of God in your heart, that is where faith resides. Is that faith is a substance of the spirit. When you believe the word of God, glory to God, and the word resides in your heart, when you speak the word, that is when you see the demonstration of the spirit's power this is why you can have men of god speak 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 the word of god nothing happened and read throughout scripture wherever the word was spoken and all its power and authority there was the manifestation of the glory the manifestation of the glory, people turning their hearts to the Lord. Manifestation of the glory, bringing people to salvation. Manifestation of the glory in way of healing. Manifestation of the glory by demons leaving people. You see, these are all manifestations of the word of faith. The word of God is a word of faith. So you cannot come to the point of faith if you have not believed the word. You read through our scripture. The Apostle Paul, by revelation, all that most of the things you spoke about was scripture, scriptural reference. Since we have that same spirit of faith, it was referenced, I think, Psalm 116. He said, 
since it is written that we believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. He was speaking by the word. You read the words of Jesus. He spoke the word of God. It is written. Why? Because the word is the solid foundation of our faith. And they did not re reference that, you know, Hebrews 1 verse 1 or Isaiah this, the verse that. They said it's written in the prophets. Because having the word of God in you is more important than knowing the scripture. You see, you can have the memory of the word in the mind. If the word is not in your heart, you do not have readiness of faith. And, and later on, we're going to see that most of the time, when people have the word in their mind, they have hope. They, they, they have hope because they know that God will do something for them. But until you believe the word, you do not transition from hope to faith. And so a lot of Christians, I believe, are walking in hope. So this is why blessings are delayed. And the Bible says in Luke 24 that the glory of the Lord is kept hidden from people because of unbelief. And so people will say, oh, it is not God's will. This is, not, it, this is why it did not manifest. It is not the will of God. This is why it did not manifest. No, 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 no. It's because you do not have faith. Because it is written, Jesus said, he said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. He said, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. But what is the requirement in asking? He said, therefore I tell you. What is, he said, therefore I tell you. If you remain in me and my words. You see the preamble. My words remain in you. Then ask whatever you wish. Because when you know the word, when you're asking, you ask in faith. Because faith comes by, by the word of God. When you're asking by the word, you're asking in faith. You're asking in accordance with the word of God. You are asking in accordance with the will of God. This is what First John says. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, what is the will of God? The word. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have. He would have evidence. And so if you believe the word, you have to speak the word for the word to be manifested. And what we're saying that the word that can be spoken into full manifestation and functionality in our lives is a word that has been fulfilled through Christ. And we're giving examples. Salvation and healing. And I, lie, I love the scripture. So I will take it again. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. If you want to write it down. It said, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with him and present you with you to himself. Hallelujah. And so faith is demonstrated by speaking into full manifestation the fulfilled word of God. The only word that can be demonstrated through speech is the word which is being fulfilled through Christ. And so I'm coming, I'm, I'm giving you the summary of it. And an example is healing and salvation. And I spoke about healing being fulfilled, word of God. Uh, I talked about healing uh, being in the old covenant, being different from healing in the new covenant. Hallelujah. And the other, other, other thing, another way to demonstrate faith is by acting on the word of God. That is demonstration through the word. Why? 
because faith without works is dead. When you, when you demonstrate faith by speaking the word of God, speaking the word of God is also a form of acting on the word of God. If the word is already been fulfilled, because for a word to be fulfilled, and then I want, I want to stress this here, if the word has been fulfilled through Christ, and if the word has already been fulfilled, no word is fulfilled without going through the process. Three forms of God's word, the spoken word, the specific word, and it leads to the fulfilled word of God. Why was salvation, why is salvation and healing fulfilled word? Because it was spoken through the prophets in the old covenant. It was specific instruction came to the Lord. Specific instructions came to the Lord. And the Lord acted on the word. And the word was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. So this is why the word is fulfilled. And because the word is fulfilled, you can speak that word. And the word would manifest fully and functionally in your life. But there are everyday things that we, we do that we need to act on the word because those words have been given a specific either spoken word or specific instruction in the scriptures that we need to act on in order for us to come to the point of faith or in order for us to come to the point of the fulfillment or the manifestation of the glory of God in our lives what we call the demonstration of faith. Hallelujah. And so James writes, in James 2, the verse 17 to 18, he said, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. He said, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Hallelujah. He said, James 2, the verse, and I, and I take this um, to further. So in verse 19 to 24 and then 26, he said, you believe that there is one God. You see, believing in Christ does not set you free from all the attacks of Satan. Believing brings you into the inheritance. Believing gives you the right to, to live in the divine nature. Glory to God. And so the Bible says, says, so that you may participate in the divine nature through the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. So you believe that there is one God. James 2, 19 to 24. And, and, I, and I, I will read to the 26th verse. Is that you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. And shadow. Demons believe that. So believing in God alone is not enough. Is that you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And so faith is not completed. What, we, what, we, what we've discussed so far is readiness of faith. Evidence of readiness of faith, which manifests by peace. But that faith is not complete until you demonstrate it. And what we're saying is that you demonstrate it either by speaking the word of God. And when the word you speak that is fully manifested or fully demonstrated is a word that is being fulfilled through Christ. Because the word had gone through the process of spoken word, specific word, which is a set of specific instructions and actions 
required to bring that spoken word to full manifestation. And when the word has fully manifested, it becomes the fulfilled word of God. And so with that, speaking the word of God, faith by demonstrating faith by releasing or speaking the word of God is also acting, is also faith with action. Why? Because the word is already being acted on and fulfilled through Christ. Hallelujah. And so you see that his faith, this is James 2, going back to James 2. You see that his faith, Abraham's faith, and his actions were working together. And so when you have faith, no matter the amount of the word of God you feed on, no matter the amount of the revelation of the word you have, if you don't act on the word, this is what Jesus said, the one who hears the word and acts on the word will be like someone who has built his house on a rock. The winds will come, blow against it. All the things will come against it, but it will still stand because it has its foundation on the rock. Hallelujah. When you have the word in you and you act on the word, you have made your faith complete by your action because faith without works is dead. And so he, I, I take this again. He said, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scriptures was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see, Abraham was called God's friend by faith. He was called God's friend by the completeness of his faith. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And so in order for you to see the full manifestation of the word of God, which is the source of faith, when the word has produced evidence in you, you have to act on the word for you to come to the point of the completeness of your faith. And so you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. You're considered righteous by what you do. And later on, as we move on to, we're going to look at demonstration of faith. We're going to look at um, application of faith. Sorry. Uh, we're going to look at application of faith. We're going to pick specific situations in, in our lives and see how we can apply faith in a step-by-step -step manner. This is practical. And one of the things that we'll look at is righteousness. Why is it that the scripture says that we're justified by faith? Does it mean that I can go about and live anyhow? No. Why? Because our actions is what makes our faith complete. This is why when you continue to sin, when you continue to sin, your heart is hardened because now you are not acting in faith. You are not living according to faith. You are not taking action on your faith because faith without works is dead. And you see that people who continue to sin, their heart becomes so hardened that they move away from the grace that they have received. Why? Because their faith is not being made complete. Your faith has to be made complete by your action, according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. So he said a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Hallelujah. And so then I, I take you uh, to action on the word.
And so in order for us to be able to demonstrate faith, in order for us to see the manifestation of the fullness and the completeness of faith, we have to act on the word of God. But the question is, or the question you may have, and this is a very fair question, in what circumstances do you speak the word? And when do you take physical action on the word? It's a very, very good question that you, 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 you should ask. When do I know when to just speak the word of God? And when do I know when to act on the word of God? And this, I, I want to take this again because the more we, we, we teach these things, the more it registers in our, in our heart. Is that if the word has already been fulfilled through Christ Jesus, then when you speak the word in faith, you translate what has already been fulfilled through Christ into full manifestation in the natural. But the word which has just been spoken, which spoken words usually exist as a promise, which is in the scriptures, is which is indicated in the word. What you need is that you take that word and you look for the specific instruction and you act on that word to bring that word into full manifestation and functionality in your life. And so faith, that way, your faith is demonstrated through action. Hallelujah. And we see a typical example in Genesis 1. We see a typical example in Genesis 1. Hallelujah. We see a typical example in Genesis 1. But before I, I take you to Genesis 1 to see the demonstration of faith, faith in action. God is a God. He's a good father. So whatever he has spoken to us, whatever he has given us, he's demonstrated some of these things. And so you read through our scripture, it's full of the demonstration of faith. And a typical example is what we see in Genesis 1. But the preamble to what we see in Genesis 1 is this. In Romans 4, in Romans 4, the verse 1 to 20 says, the Apostle Paul also gives us a revelation into, into the demonstration of faith, which we will tackle later. But I want us to take, stick to what, what the demonstration of faith that is seen in Genesis 1. But the preamble is this. In Hebrews 11 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes, that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That is faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. He said that the whole universe that we see, the world we see, was created by faith. So if God created this whole universe by faith, then when we examine creation, or we examine the way God created the, the world, we should see the demonstration of faith. Right? It's, it's, it's very fair to do, to do that. So let's examine the scriptures. Let's, if you have your, your Bible with you, uh, turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're going to look at the book of beginnings, Genesis 1. And so the preamble to this is in Hebrews 11, the verse 13, uh, Hebrews 11, the verse 3, that by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We also see in John 1, and I read John 1, it said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He said he was with God in the beginning. He said through him all things were made. Without him there was nothing that was made that has been made. So without the word of God there was nothing made. 
And so which means the Apostle Paul says we know that God created the universe by faith. So if the word God created the universe by faith, and we know that faith comes by the word of God, it means that God created the universe by his word. And John 1 verse 3 testifies that there was nothing that was made without the word of God. God made this whole universe by the word of his power, by the power of his word, by his word. So if he made the universe by his word, then it means he made the universe by faith, as it's written in Hebrews 11 verse 3. Because faith comes by hearing, by hearing, by the word of God. So if God made things by his word, which means that in order to demonstrate faith, you have to demonstrate faith in the lens or by the word of God. That makes sense, right? And so... Let's go back to our Genesis 1. Let's go back to our Genesis 1. So there was nothing that was made without the word of God. God demonstrated this to us in Genesis 1. And in Genesis 1, this is what is written. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. A very emphatic, emphatic statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, now, he began to tell us, the Holy Spirit now speaking through Moses began to tell us the status of the earth before God created it. He said, now the earth was formless and empty and there was darkness over the surface of the deep. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But before God created it, the earth was formless. It was empty and there was darkness over the whole surface of the earth. But that was not it. That was not all. He said, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I, I, and I put this question to you. Why was the Spirit of God hovering over the surface of the waters? Have you ever asked yourself why God deemed it necessary to put His Spirit over the surface of the waters? Why did the Holy Spirit find it necessary to show us how God, the status of the earth, and how God created the earth. Because there is a revelation of a demonstration of faith that God showed by the way he created things. Because it is written that in John 1 verse 3, that there was nothing that was made without the word. Which means that if God created the whole universe by faith, and that faith through the word, then it means that when we look at creation, there has to be a vivid description of how to demonstrate through the word of God. How to demonstrate faith or how to put the word of God to work. That's what he said. Now the earth was formless. It was empty. And there was darkness over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. You see, when we believed in Christ Jesus, the Bible says we received the deposit of the spirit. Why was the Holy Spirit given? Have you ever asked yourself, why was the Spirit given? Was the Spirit just given to speak in tongues? No. The Spirit was supposed to help. It's, it's one of the ways that the, the functions of the Holy Spirit, there are many functions. This is one of the functions. The Holy Spirit was given so that we would have access to the things of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, anyone who believes in Christ Jesus, have access to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the Spirit. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 16. 
You know, upon this rock, upon this revelation that I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He said, behold, I will give you the keys. We've already discussed, we've already discussed this in the past about the authority of the believer. That when you believed in Christ Jesus, you receive a deposit of the spirit. And that deposit of the spirit was so that you would have access to the things of the spirit. How do we know? Romans Romans 5, verse 1 to 2. He said, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have access because we have received the nature of God in us. And this nature of God is the Spirit of God. This is why it is written in John 1. He said, in John 1, verse 12, say, yet the Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children not born of human descent or husband's will, but born of God. How does God give birth to us? Through our spirit. Glory to God. So it is our spirit that is born again. This is why when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John 3, he said the spirit gives birth to the spirit. The flesh gives birth to the, uh, to the flesh. He said the, he said the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from and neither can you tell where it is going. When you examine the, the language used there, it's talking about the, the, the wind representing the spirit of God. This is why in John 4, he said a time is coming, now has come. Where through true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth because god is a spirit and therefore his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth so god is a, who is a spirit has given birth to us in our spirit glory to god this is why proverbs 4 verse 20, 27 or 20 says the spirit of man is a candle of the lord searching the inmost part of the belly glory to god and so the spirit that we have received is so that we will gain access glory to god this is one of the functions of the Holy Spirit in us so that we will receive access so that we have access to the things of the spirit this is what jesus said he said behold i give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven glory to god a keys me a key means access when you have a key to a place it means you have access to that place when we have the key to the kingdom of god we have access to the kingdom of god and that access that key is the spirit oh glory to god and so the holy spirit began to minister to me he said you see that the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the earth but the earth was still formless it was still empty and there was still darkness over it why because the spirit in itself will not set you free this is why you can have people who have received even the baptism of the spirit and so go out and do wickedness because the spirit in itself does not set you free but then what set you free john 8 32 jesus said to the jews who had believed him jesus said if you hold to my teachings then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free what is this truth john 17 he said truly father for them i sanctify myself he said father sanctify them by the truth your word is truth it is the word of god that is the truth and so let's see that you see from genesis 1 that although the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the earth the earth was still formless it was still empty and there was still darkness over it and the holy spirit began to take me deeper is that the reason why a lot of believers are still struggling is because they have believed they have received the deposit of the inheritance but the spirit in itself glory to god will not bring will not change the situation in your life the spirit was so that you have access that's one of the functions of the spirit is so that you would have access to the things of the spirit but having access to something doesn't mean you're already walking in the fullness of it and so let's examine genesis 1 to see what changed the situation
And so you read on. It says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And so you see that the only thing, the only thing that changed the, the, the situation, the only thing that changed the earth was the word of God. Glory to God. It was the word that changed the word, which was formless, which was empty, which was dark, into what? The glory. Hallelujah. Why? Because the spirit was put on the surface of the waters so that by access, glory to God, by access, things that have been established in the spirit could be translated by the word into the natural. This is why it is so important that we do not quench the spirit. This is why Thessalonians tells us, do not quench the spirit. This is why Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because when your mind is renewed with the word, when you do not conform to the ways of the world, you still have the spirit of God active in you. And by the power of the spirit of God in you, you will have access to the things of the spirit. Because since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access the access is by the spirit but the access in itself do not cause things to happen glory to God and I and, and I do not understand why believers are just just dependent with the Bible says that they that are led by the spirit of God are the children of God but the spirit leads you in alignment with the word of God because the spirit is the truth the spirit testifies to the word and so the word the spirit will bring you into alignment with the word of God because the spirit in itself will not cause things to happen in the natural because the spirit operates in the spirit the spirit operates in the spirit and we live in the natural and we're trying to have things happen in the natural so we see from Genesis 1 that God who is a spirit was trying to create something that would exist in the natural and the first thing he did was to put his spirit so that by access to the spirit things can be translated out of the spirit into full manifestation in the natural but what actually did the translation was the word of God and the verse 4 we said and God said let there be light and there was light why because John 1 the verse 3 there was nothing that was made without the word of God there was nothing that was made without the word of God this is why we're seeing so much pain in the church. People have received the Spirit. People have a deposit of the Spirit. But the lives of Christians are still empty. It's still formless. And it's still dark. Why? Because we are not applying the Word. We're not speaking the Word. And remember what we said, faith is demonstrated either by speaking the Word of God by acting on the word of God. You see here that the first thing that God did is he spoke his word. Ask yourself, why did God have to speak? God, who is a spirit? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they were together. There was no one there. Why did he have to speak? He could have just went ahead and created these things. Why did he have to speak? Because there is something about the, the spoken word. It's a principle. It's a spiritual principle. Because these are two different realms. This is why the Bible tells us to be careful of our tongue. He said the, 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 the mouth. He said the tongue is a very powerful tool. But those who love it will eat its fruit. With the tongue, 
Men destroy their lives. With the tongue, people create lives. Why? Because when you speak glory to God, the, the speaking of the, of the word of God, the speaking translates things, glory to God, out of the spirit into full manifestation, into manifestation in the natural. God spoke because when you speak, you translate from the spirit into the natural. These are two different realms. So God, who is a spirit, the Bible says, by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundation. By understanding, he set the heavens in position, and by his knowledge, he separated the watery depths and allowed the clouds to let drop the dew. So God created the whole universe by wisdom. So when we examine the create creation, how God created the earth, you see a lot of wisdom. And this wisdom is not the wisdom of the world. It's wisdom on revelation of faith. The wisdom of faith. And that wisdom is this, that when you have the deposit of the Spirit of God, no matter who you are, you can still have an empty, a formless, and a darkened life. Unless or, and on, or until you apply the Word of God. And the first step is by speaking the Word. This is why we said the demonstration of faith starts speaking the Word of God. And the Word that you speak is a Word that which is already being fulfilled through Christ. So God was trying to create something that would exist in the natural. But first he put his spirit over that he, he, which he wanted to transform. And after he had put his spirit over it, while his spirit was on the surface of the earth, the earth was still formless and it was still empty and it was still dark until he spoke. And so you can read throughout Genesis 1. You can read throughout. Whatever God did, he first spoke. Why? Because speaking translates what is established in the spirit into the natural. But what did God speak? He spoke his word. This is God speaking. So any word that comes from the mouth of God, this is what Jesus said. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When the word, when the word of God is spoken, that's what we should live by. Because the word translates what God has established in the spirit into the manifestation of the natural. This is why, and this is demonstration of faith, this is why it is written that God created the whole universe by his word, by the spoken word, and by the specific and fulfilled word. Because until the word is acted on, you will not see the full manifestation of it. Unless that word it's already been fulfilled. Glory to God. And so God demonstrated faith through creation for us. So that by this wisdom, we may be able to apply these things in our lives. Hallelujah. And so God first spoke. He spoke his word. And when he spoke, there was light. But there is a thought. And when that thought comes to me again, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it to you. But there is something here too that I want you to get. That his spirit was hovering over that which he wanted to transform. Which means that it is also very important that we do not quench the spirit. When you do not have the spirit of Christ in you, you can speak the word of God all you want. Nothing will happen. Because it is the spirit that gives you access. You see, the spirit gives you access. So once you have the spirit by access, and that spirit gives us life, he said, although your body is subject to death because of sin, but the spirit gives us life because of righteousness. And so the righteousness came through Christ, by faith, through Christ Jesus. We have become the righteousness of God. 
The Isaiah says in Isaiah 61, for they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That righteousness is made by the Spirit of God, manifest by the Spirit of God in us. The deposit of the Spirit we have received by faith in Christ Jesus. And so this deposit of the Spirit so that we have access. And so the Spirit plus the Word. This is why the Apostle Paul, when he was talking about teaching the church in Ephesus about the armors of God in Ephesians 6, you see, he said, put on the, the belt of truth, which is the word of God, and the breastplate of righteousness. The righteousness comes by the Spirit. When you receive the righteousness of God, it's because you have the Spirit of Christ in you. You have been given a new birth into a living hope. Hallelujah. By the Spirit, into a living hope. But the hope, the Spirit brings you into that hope. That hope alone is not enough. To see the manifestation of the glory of God in your life. You have to apply the word. You have to apply the word of God. You have to demonstrate that faith. Through action on the word. And what we're saying is that faith is demonstrated by either, either by, by speaking the word of God. By acting on the word of God. And God in his wisdom has demonstrated this through creation. And said, God said, the verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. First, he spoke his word. And the thought that I wanted to relate to you is this. The word you examine through Genesis 1. There was a word for every situation. And so any situation pertaining to our life, there is a word of God. There is a spoken word of God for that situation. And so look for the word of God for the situation that you're facing. And this is why we went through this, the, the, the definition of faith. That faith is a substance of things hoped for. When you're hoping for something, that you put the substance of the word. Because there is every word. For, there's a word for every situation in this life. Because the God created this whole universe by his word. So everything that exists, exists by the word. And so there are every situation in this life. This is what Jesus said. Not even a single letter out of this world will not be fulfilled. As long as heaven and earth remain, every word will be fulfilled. And so every situation that we face, there is a word for it. It is our responsibility to come to know the word. And so God, who is a spirit, has established all these things for his children. But these things are established in the spirit. Why? Because God is a spirit. This is why when people ask, if God so loves his children, why are his children suffering? Why are these, all these believers struggling? Because we have not come to knowledge of him. This is what the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Which means the people of God can perish. How is it possible? If you are a child of God, if you are a person of God, how can you perish? Because God knows, the Spirit knows, and the Scripture, scripture testifies that it is only by knowledge of the Word that you can translate what God has already established for you in the Spirit into full manifestation in the natural. Because these are two different realms. And so when you read the scripture, this word of God is a spirit. And so this is why you read the scripture. It is full of absolute statement. It is full of the language of faith. What I read in, 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 in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. This is Peter by revelation of the spirit speaking to the church. He said that his divine power has given to us 
everything that pertains to life and godliness through our knowledge of him. You see, so it's divine power. How can you know? So the question is, if God has given to me everything that pertains to life, why am I not seeing it in my life? It's a very fair question to ask. Why am I not seeing this goodness of God? Why am I not seeing the glory of the Lord in my life? Because we have not come into adequate knowledge. He said his divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life, this life, and godliness through our knowledge of him. You can only come to the point of knowing that God has given to you everything that pertains to life when you have adequate knowledge of that situation through the word. Through the word. And so this is what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 1. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. You see, that is the language of faith. Why is this statement saying God has already given to us? Because these things are established in the spirit. God is a spirit. His kingdom is a kingdom of the spirit. And everything that he has for his children are established in the spirit. What Jesus came to fulfill was a spiritual fulfillment. But until you believe the word and on that word which has been given to us to translate what has been fulfilled in the spirit into the true manifestation and natural, you will not see it. This is what is eluding the church. This is why the church is not seeing the full manifestation of the glory of God. Because these things that God has for his children are established in the spirit. And it is only by the spirit, it is only by the word, the spirit gives you access. The spirit does not cause things to manifest. The spirit through the word causes things to manifest. The spirit gives access, glory to God, because the spirit operates in the spirit. The spirit is, is kind of the channel, you see? The, the spirit is the channel through which the word can be translated out of the spirit into the natural. But what we're saying is that there are two ways to translate by speaking the word. That is if the word has been fulfilled. So Jesus, God who loves us so much, there are certain things he has already fulfilled through Christ. So all we need to do, know the word, believe the word, and speak the word. Because he said the word is near you. It is in your heart. And in your, it is in your heart and in your mouth. This is the message concerning faith that we proclaim in Romans 10. And so... You see, we read through our Genesis 1. God spoke his word. But there is a word for every situation. And so the point is this. Look for that word for that situation. And believe the word. Because until you believe the word, you can speak all you want. Nothing will happen. But we have studied how when you believe the word, you can tell that now you are ready, you are ready in faith to put the word to work. And so we see here, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And let's read on. The verse 4. God saw that the light was good. The light was good. But then he didn't stop there. And the Bible says, and he separated the light from the darkness. Ask yourself, why did God, if, if God said, let there be light, and the, there was light, the light was good. Why did God have to separate the light from darkness when he saw that the light was good. Because God is demonstrating faith here. Faith without works is dead. 
faith without works is dead. God was trying to create something that would exist in the natural. And in the natural, the things, faith is a substance of the spirit. But until that faith is spoken and acted on, you will not see the full manifestation and functionality of the thing. So God said, let there be light and there was light. But that light was not functional. That light was still mixed with darkness. And I believe there are situations in our lives we, we speak to that situation and we can see a light. We, we can see that something is there's something that is happening, something has changed, but the, it has not come into its fullness. But when the, those situations happen, it's a sign to us that we have to look for the specific word. This is where the specific word comes in. The specific word is a set of instructions and actions required to bring that spoken word into full manifestation. And this is where God demonstrated the word to me. He acted. Separating light from darkness is an action. God took an action on the word that he has spoken. Because as we read in James 2, faith without works is dead. The Bible says Abraham's faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. Abraham's faith was made complete by what he did. Glory to God. And so we see that Abraham demonstrated faith by his actions. Abraham demonstrated faith by his actions. And so we see here that God demonstrated this word through creation. He spoke his word. And when the word was spoken, he saw that what he had spoken has, not, has been translated and it existed in the natural realm. But the light was not fully functional. And that is what happens to a lot of us. Sometimes the, the, the words have been spoken concerning that the prophecy that has been released. That is the spoken word of God. But we need to set a set of instructions and actions that we need to act on the actions on the word in order to translate or bring what have been spoken into full manifestation and functionality because until god acted and separated light from darkness although the light was good but the light was mixed with darkness the light was not fully functional but if we read in the verse five and I back up to the last phrase of the verse 4. Is that he separated light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning the first day. What God wanted to create was a fully functional day and a fully functional night. But that word, that, that manifestation and functionality could only come to exist in the natural by action on the word. He spoke the word. And after he had spoken the word, he saw that the light was good. He saw that what he had spoken has been translated, but it was not fully functional. But in order to bring it into full functionality, he needed to act on the word. And when he acted on the word, then the word was fulfilled. The word, because what he wanted to create was day and night. 
so that we would have this is what the scripture says and the, the light is said god called the light day and the darkness he called night that's what he wanted to create but then when he spoke the word there was light but it was not fully functional until he acted until god acted and when he acted there was evening and there was morning the first day he wanted to create days for mankind and that days for mankind could only be created by his word hallelujah by speaking the word and by acting on the word of god he demonstrated his faith through action on the word i believe and with the evidence of the scripture and the revelation that the lord has given me and we're going to look at several evidence as well that sometimes the reason why a lot of christians we get stuck in things in our lives that we do not see the manifestation of the glory of god because we have not come to adequate understanding and knowledge of the word of god it's proverbs 9 verse 10 that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom but knowledge of the Holy One that is understanding. When you have come into adequate knowledge of God's Word, then you begin to understand and know what to do. Because the Word exists in three forms. Spoken, the specific Word, which is a set of instructions and actions required to bring that spoken Word into full manifestation. And this is what God did. And when He acted on His Word, we got evening and we had, we got morning the first day. And so, I'll bring this part to an end here. Next week, we're going to continue further on action on the Word of God. And we're going to move further into looking at different examples. Now, we're going to move to the real application. Application. We'll take each situation in our lives. We're going to examine how we can apply faith to it. How to demonstrate faith in, in, in those situations. And we'll examine it by the word. This is not by my own understanding or by my own words. We're going to examine this by scripture. Hallelujah. And so I leave you with this. So we see in the same light of the word that we have learned. Or we've studied in Genesis 1. We see that God's faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete. How do we know his faith was made complete? Faith is made complete when you see the result or the full manifestation and functionality of the word. So God's faith and his actions were made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled. Hallelujah. And it's the same thing that happened to Abraham. As so the scripture said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You can only come to be God's friend when you have faith and you act as God acts. Hallelujah. And so the scripture says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and by faith alone. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So next week, we're going to examine Romans 4 to look at how Abraham, so if Abraham also demonstrated this faith, we're going to examine the scriptures to see how Abraham also demonstrated faith through action. Hallelujah. And so, by this, that brings us to the end of the first part of how to demonstrate faith. 
through speaking the word of God and through action on the word of God. Through speaking the word of God and through action on the word of God. And so in order for faith to be complete, you have to have the substance and the evidence of the word of God in alignment with what you're hoping for in your heart, which manifests by peace and the action on the word, either by speaking the word and or by acting on the word to bring or to come to the point of completeness of faith or what we call the demonstration of faith. Because then, your faith is working together with your actions. And that is what we call the completeness or the demonstration of faith. And this is how God demonstrated faith, by acting on his word. But what we're saying is that there's a different word for every situation. So we see from creation, we read Genesis 1 verses, and God said, let, the, let there be a void between the waters. In the first instance, in the verse 3, he said, let there be light. So there was a word for light. There was a word that created a vault. That, uh, that created a vault between waters above and waters below. And then, and then there was a word that created human beings. You see? So, so there is a word of God for every situation. So therefore, faith is demonstrated by action taken based on the substance and the evidence of the word. In your heart and I want to leave you with this note there is no faith in Christ or Bible faith without the Spirit of God this is why it is important that we do not quench the Spirit and how we quench the Spirit is by conforming to the pattern of the world is by continuing to sin the scripture says that nobody who, who has known Christ continue to sin it doesn't mean that you're not gonna make mistakes we all do mistakes we all sin once here and there but the thing is that because you have the spirit of Christ in you, because the seed of God is in you, because you've been given birth to a living hope in Christ Jesus, when you sin, your spirit, which has been enlightened, which has received the nature of God, will convict you. Will convict you. Yesterday, uh, the spirit of the Lord brought my attention to something that I had done. I was in prayer. I was praying. And the Lord said, this, this, you know, my spirit said, this is, this is what you did. It was not right. And then I repented right then and then. I would not wait till I get into a zone, into a time of serious prayer before I ask for forgiveness. The scripture says in 1 John, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He said, I write this to you, brothers and sisters, so that you will not sin. But if any of you does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Why? Because anyone who continues to sin, has not known God. If you continue to sin, you, be, you get into a hardened heart. And when your heart is hardened, you cannot repent. You move away from God because of the condemnation that comes through the flesh. The devil condemns us through the flesh. That if you were a child of God, would you do this? Reject that voice. Ask for forgiveness. Repent and move away from that sin. And you see that the peace of God will flood your heart. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. And you're back in the grace. And, and, and when you do that, when, when you repent, you see that the, that, that heart is, is softened. The scripture says in Ezekiel 26, 36, verse 26, he said, he will transform our heart from a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And he will put his spirit in us and cause us to obey his decrees. That is his word, to obey the word. And so when we move away from the word of God and begin to live in disobedience, it hardened our hearts. When you have a hardened heart, 
you slip into unbelief. And the Bible says with unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. With unbelief, you can never enter the rest of God, which we're going to look at as the, the last point for how to live in the purpose of God, entering the rest of God. And I'm excited for that word because there is a deep revelation of the word that once you begin to enter, once you enter the rest of God, the Bible says whoever enters the rest of God also rests from his work. And we're going to examine why Jesus said it is finished on the cross of Calvary. Why God rested on the seventh day. We're going to examine some deeper revelation of the word that the Holy Spirit is continuing to make known to me. Hallelujah. And so there is no faith in Christ or Bible faith without the Spirit of God. And when we sin, we, we, we gradually quench. And so James said, in, in James and I think John 2 speaks the same thing. He said, there is a sin that leads to death. It's a sin that leads to death. It's a sin that you continue to sin that hardens your heart. It will lead you to death. And what is that death? Spiritual death. Because faith without works is dead. We were saved by faith. So if you continue to sin without repenting, you harden your heart. And that kills your faith. Because faith without works is dead. And kills your faith. And you slip back into unbelief. And then you become just like the world. This is what we call the backsliding nature. You backslide it. You become just like the world. The, diff the only difference between us and the world is that they are spiritually dead. And that spiritual death is because they do not believe in Christ. It is not anything they are doing now. It's because they have not believed the word of Christ. They have not believed and received the salvation that has been done. Before. Because God so loved the world that he, Jesus died for everyone. He said he did not just die for the sins of us, but for the sins of the world. The only difference between us is they do not believe, and we believe. And because we believed, we've been given birth by the power of the Spirit. And that is how we can enjoy the things of the Spirit. Because the Spirit is alive in us. And by the power of the Spirit and the Spirit of God alive in us, now we can access the things of the Spirit. Because Jesus said, Is it upon this revelation that I am the Messiah, the Son of God, those who believe? That I will build my church. We are members of the church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Hades means the realms of the dead. You see, the realms of the dead. Second Corinthians 4, verse 4, he said, In whom the God of this world. Satan is the God of Hades. He's the God of this world. And so those who are spiritually dead are ruled by Satan. Satan can influence them. And so the realms of the dead will not overcome it. He said, Behold, I'll give you, I give you the keys access by the spirit and so once you can't have faith without the spirit of god because faith in itself is a substance of the spirit what we read in second corinthians 4 the verse 13 said since we have the same spirit of faith we believe and therefore speak and what we're talking about here is not natural human faith what the world calls faith they said faith in yourself believe but i mean in the natural sometimes you have to believe you'll be able to do something but as for Christians, our faith is in Christ. Hallelujah. And so Ephesians 6 tells us, said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We cannot be strong in ourselves because we've been crucified with Christ and we no longer live. But Christ lives in us. And the scripture says in Philippians 2 verse 13 that it is God who works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Why? Because we are led by his spirit. Glory to God. And so, this natural human faith, that is not what we're talking about, but faith that is based 
on the word of God. Hallelujah. And so once we look at the, uh, the Abraham example, we're also going to look at faith is not hope. How to differentiate between faith and hope. Because that same scripture also brings that vivid description or revelation of this. And we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, examine that next week. So I am very, very excited um, about, about, this, about this word. Um, and so with this, as I always do, I want to end this with prayer. If you are the sound of my voice. And I'm going to say a very sim simple prayer for the Lord, the, the Spirit of God to enlighten you with the Word of God. For the Spirit of God to enlighten you with the Word of God. And so I play this song and I say the closing prayer. Hallelujah. If you are the sound of my voice, if you have heard this word, the encouragement here is that the Bible says nobody can come to God unless the Spirit of God enables them. As Jesus taught the people, and then as some that did not believe, and the scripture says, Yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. If you have received this word, because it's because you are a child of God. It's because the Spirit of God has enabled you to receive the word. And by the understanding, by the revelation of the word that you have received in your heart. Glory to God. The Bible says the entrance of his word. Give it light. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There is faith right here. There is faith right here because of the word that we have received. And so I want to stand on that faith. I want to join my faith with you. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I want to stand on the word. And rebuke every walls of the devil concerning your life. I want to stand in faith in with you. Is there any glory? The Bible says the glory of the Lord was kept away from these two disciples because of unbelief. With unbelief. You can never see the glory of God. But how can you come to the point of faith? It is through the word. And you've heard the word this morning. So I want to stand in faith with you. Oh glory to God. And cause. And pray. And release. Because this is the mandate that he has given us. Is that you go speak my word. But my spirit will testify concerning the word. The spirit of the Lord testifies to this word. So I want to stand in faith with you. By the authority given us in Christ Jesus. If you can put your, your hand on your chest right now, I want to pray with you in faith. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the power that comes. Oh, the demonstration of the word that comes, oh God. When the word is spoken, you know, it's power and authority. Lord, this is the mandate that you've given us. Is that you go speak my word, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Oh Lord, your word has come. 
This is not this does not come from me, oh God, but comes from you. No man can understand your word unless you enable them. And this morning, oh God, you have enabled us to speak your word in all power and authority. And so, Father, I stand by faith in the name of Jesus. And I present everyone in the sound of my voice that has taken your time to hear and listen to your word. The scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And so, Father, by the anointing of the word, the scripture says there was nothing that was made without the word. And so I stand in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Any glory that has been kept away from them, any glory, any darkness over their life. The Bible says that God and you said, let there be light. And there was light. The Apostle Paul writes, he said, God who said, let light down, shine out of darkness, has caused his light to shine in our heart. And therefore I speak the word into your life. Any darkness now, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. You see of Satan. I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation that has been a delay in your life, by faith in the name of Jesus. I cause there to be, I speak a spiritual leap to that situation. Every closed door be open now because of his word. That you will know that his word is true because he is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Father, I thank you for your word in the name of Jesus. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Rabasara mo soki na liri ekinabasia. Ramasara mo soki halara basa. Mere akina halara bosa. Rane kapas reki wosini halara basa. Rakizo halani mo soki amiki halara basi. Rane kohosori Ramasini halara basa. Romo kasini haleki na sini halara bosoke haleri masa. Thank you, Spirit of the living God, my Lord and my Savior. Your word is true. Oh, Father, let them experience the anointed and the power of your presence like never before. And they will know that indeed you are the same yesterday and today and forevermore. We thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, O oh God, as scripture says, in all things we should give thanks because it is your will for us in Christ Jesus. So this is the confidence we have in approaching you. That if we ask anything according to your will that you hear us, that if we know that you hear us, then we know that we have glory to God. So Father, I believe that they have received all your word. I believe that that glory that has been kept hidden is now revealed by the anointing of your word, by the anointing of your presence, by the anointing of God. In the name of Jesus, every closed door be open now in the name of Jesus. Every glory can hit it. Be revealed now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I bless you. That you have heard me. That you always do hear us when we call. Be exalted above all. Oh Lord, protect your people. Wherever they are, oh God. Whatever they are going through, oh God. Give them the grace. Give them the revelation of your word. So that Lord, they can speak your word. For their situation to change. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen and amen.